everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you the post-game show right after Bayern Munich's big 4-2 victory over Victoria Lusania. Ah, It was a crazy, crazy game in a lot of ways, but Bayern got the win as expected. Let's take a look at how things played out, how the game progressed. And as, as you would expect, Bayern Munich came out strong and really established themselves as the better team in the match. And it didn't take long to get on the scoreboard. Just 10 minutes into the match, Leon Goretzka set up Sadio Mane to put Bayern up 1-0. And it was really, in my mind, a disappointing start for Victoria Pulisania because I just felt like they were flat and that they had already been defeated before the match even started. It was just a really, really odd way to come out considering they were the home team and they had nothing to lose. In a match like this, you want to come out and just start throwing haymakers. See if you can get that knockout punch, but they did not. And Byron took advantage of it. And it did not take long for Byron to get back on uh, the scoreboard. It's just four minutes after Mane's goal. Kingsley Coman was streaking down the left side, sent a little cross over to Thomas Muller, who had the tap in goal. There you go. I'm sure some of the Byron detractors. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be calling him the tap-in Meister. But either way, it was good to see Muller get on the scoreboard. Uh, I've been calling for him to take a a much larger role in the team in terms of producing offense, and not just with his assists, but I want him scoring. So the fact that he put himself in the position to get that tap-in, uh, I was happy to see it. I think it's a sign of good things to come, although Muller would not have the most uh, – I guess I would say great first half, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, in the 25th minute, we saw Leon Goretzka get on the score sheet with his goal, with his first goal of the match. He would add another later. Thomas Muller had the assist. So at this point, 25 minutes in, Muller has a goal and an assist, and things are looking great. Uh, in the 28th minute, however, Muller had to be sub- subbed out for what we think is muscle stiffness. That's at least what's been reported uh, hopefully this wasn't a case where we've seen uh, like uh, with <laughs> with the in the NFL with DK Metcalf who had to be carted off just to use the bathroom. So I don't think Thomas Muller <laughs> had that. It was the same thing with Eric uh, Deer uh, a couple of seasons back where he got hit with the flaming spear and had to leave the uh, match. I don't think that was the case with Muller. I legit think he probably had some muscle stiffness. He has been on a break after covid so maybe he's just not quite as limber or his muscles not quite as used to the action as you would like. But either way, Muller was out after the twenty after 28 minutes. Matisse Tell came in. It was good to see Tell come in and get some important minutes. Getting a chance to play with just over an hour in, left in the match was good for Tell. It's good experience. Uh, he was okay. He wasn't great. I uh, felt like he probably could have had one or two goals. But, um, you know, it's all learning experience. There are... No really no real detractions from from playing a lot. So tell getting this experience in the Champions League, I think it's a it's a good thing for Byron. It's a great thing for him. So uh it's unfortunate that it came at the, it came at the expense of Muller having to leave the match with some muscle stiffness, but good to see Tell in nonetheless. In the 35th minute, Goretzka would get his second goal of the match. This one was set up by Leroy Sane. So we we went into halftime. Byron was up 4-0 in complete control of the match. And, I mean, personally, I had 
written it off at that point. And I thought that, you know, Byron had, had come out, they had established themselves and, you know, Plazenia just looked, they looked flat and I didn't think they would be able to regroup, but I was wrong on that. Plazenia came through in the second half. They made three subs to start. Byron only made the one that was uh, Erica Maxim Chupa Moting coming in for Kingsley Coman. But uh, one of the important things uh, to note was that Plazenia came out and they were a lot more fiery. They played with a lot more passion and they had a lot more energy, whereas Byron came out flat in the second half. So in the 56th minute, we we did see Goretzka get the opportunity to try and chase that hat trick. He did not uh, was not successful in that. So Nagelsmann brought in Ryan Gravenberg and and Gravenberg was okay. Another you know it's good for him to get these minutes. He is clearly the fourth midfield option right now uh, behind Kimmich, Goretzka, and Sabitzer. So these are the types of games that I think you'll see him in uh, moving forward, unless there are. Uh, unless there are some kind of injury, there's an injury situation or something like that. But uh, we would see uh, Plazenia get on the score sheet as in the 62nd minute, we saw, we saw Adam Vilnkova. <sighs> I'm going to butcher his name. I said Vilnkova. It's Vilkanova, whatever it is. I, I'm terrible at pronunciations today. Apparently I mean, it's been a long week for me for various reasons, but he put Plazenia on the board for one sixty-second minute. Uh, and at this point, I think that Nagelsmann was probably starting to get frustrated. There were some breakdowns in the back line. I, I did not think Byron played as fluidly in the second half in addition to just kind of being flat. Uh, but nonetheless, Byron was in control. And at no point did I ever think that this was going to turn out to be some kind of miraculous comeback. It was just a matter of would Byron have any other players hurt during the rest of this match? And, and what would the final damage be? 64th minute, Nusar Mizrahi was given a yellow card. Uh, I'll be honest, I didn't think it was a great match for, Nizra- for Mizrahi. I thought that uh, he and Josip Stanisic both struggled at times, uh, which is weird to say uh, because, you know, they were up 4-1 at this point and they won the match 4-2. But I thought the outside backs, and we'll touch on this in a little bit, just Maybe I have higher expectations for them, but I I like both players and I think they have a lot to offer. But I was a little disappointed with how they approached uh, this opportunity to really seize the moment. So uh, 70th minute, Paul Vonner came in for Dio Upamakano. Vonner, of course, got a chance to play some left back as we saw Josip Stanisic slide inside to play center back. And these were two things that we had heard about in the summer. We had heard that Stanisic would get a chance to play a little bit as a center back, maybe even at the six a little bit, just to show his versatility. But in an effort to find Paul Vonner some playing time, left back was was really bandied about as an option. We saw left wing, left back. Of course, he can play as a 10 or an 8. But Paul Vonner got a chance to come in the Champions League match, and he, he played out of position as a left back. And, but like I said about Matisse Tell, it, it's all good experience from this point. Uh, again, not his natural position, but just to get on the pitch, to be able to play with the first team in a Champions League match, it's it's really a good spot for Vonner. At the same time, Marcel Sabitzer came in for Leroy Sané. Sané was not as dominant as he had looked, but he still made some great off-the-ball moves. He made some terrific runs, created a lot of space. Uh, not the most productive match, of course, uh, but 
he was good nonetheless. And it, it's funny to say Sane right now, or funny to look at it because he has just run the gamut since he has come to Bayern Munich. At first, he looked kind of apathetic, not with it. Um, and of course, he was a little bit angry about his role at times. But now, and he mentioned this in, in a recent article, he's play, playing with much more passion, much more fire. And I think that's what fans had wanted to see because everyone has a lot of hopes for Sané and what he can become. Uh, when you just look at his talent, it, it's it's crazy to think how good he can be. And now that he's start, starting to really develop this attitude to go along with it, I think it, it can only help him. It can only get better. 75th minute, we did see another goal from Plazenia to make it 4-2. But of course, uh, that would be the way the, the match ended, Jan Clement was able to add that one um, and give us that final score. Uh, the only other action for Bayern after that was a 90th minute yellow card to Marcel Sabitzer. So when I came away after this match and I started to think about what I wanted to see going in, what I thought about it coming out of it, um, I was not concerned at all about the flatness or the second half collapse there to give up two goals. I didn't really come out of the match thinking, all right, this is terrible. This is bad, blah, blah, blah. I think Bayern got up early like they wanted to. I think they established dominance and seeing them fall back a little bit in the second half was just to me a natural circumstance that occurred when you start to sub, you start to move players around. And obviously when you're up 4-0, uh, players can take their foot off the pedal a little bit, especially coming off of a big match like their classicer against Borussia Dortmund and then having Freiburg coming up this weekend. I think once they got done that first half, I think everyone's eyes started to take a look at Freiburg because that is, as weird as it may seem right now, a huge match in the Bundesliga title race. So I'm not concerned at all about the second half collapse. Uh, it was good to see Bayern Munich get those three points. And of course, with that, they will be moving on and have advanced to the next stage of the Champions League. Uh, one thing I did want to touch on uh, that, that wasn't alarming, but it was a little disappointing to me. and was the play of the outside backs, Nusar Mizrahi and Nusip Stanisic. And again, I don't want to make it out like they were they had these terrible games because I don't think either player was terrible. But what... I was a little disappointed in was the fact that they didn't really step up and have these huge showings like I hope they would, because I think both players have really good talent. But when you get the opportunity and you don't seize it, and you know, to me, it was disappointing. Stanisic, for one, I've been a big proponent of his because he has that versatility that managers love to have on the roster. He can play the six. He can play as a center back. He can play either of the outside back positions, right or left. But to me, it was the similar, it was similar to how he looked at Borussia Dortmund. He was unsure of some things, didn't look confident, put himself in some bad positions uh, with poor decisions on the ball uh, some poor positioning off the ball. It was just not good for Stanisic. I expect more out of him. From his rally, I'm just not seeing, I think, what a lot of fans are seeing. And that's, I, I didn't come across his acquisition in the summer thinking, all right, he's going to usurp the position from Benjamin Pavar. I never thought that. And to me, he's kind of lived up to what I thought he would be, which is 
a player who is more offensively minded, one who is going to take some gambles offensively and who can contribute offensively, but has some deficiencies defensively, isn't quite as stable as you would need. And I think it does make you appreciate the job that Pavard does out there on a consistent basis at right back. Because I just don't think Maserati right now is anywhere near the level of Pavard. Uh, as far as the back line, as it functioned, I thought Ufamakano and Pavar did well when they were in as a center back, center back combination. I, it, again, it wasn't any like superb performance, but it was good enough in this kind of match. So uh, I was not happy with the outside backs, but I, I'm not going to flip out over it. I'm, I'm not like in my bedroom, like throwing a chair out the window. I'm not punching the wall or anything like that. I just expect more out of them. And it's the old old man saying it's, you know, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed because boys, I, I felt like you had the opportunity there and you didn't take advantage of it, which is always to me disappointing. I did also want to note something uh, that I think it's lost in the shuffle a lot. And that is that Leon Goretzka showed us again, what kind of player he can be. And I know, you know, his detractors will talk about the quality of the competition. But I think sometimes what we lose with Goretzka is, and it's one of the things that Nagelsmann brought up this week, was his physicality, what he brings to the pitch, how he can really be that dynamic box-to-box presence who can be an offensive threat and be able to contribute defensively as well. Uh, Goretzka has gotten a bit of a bad rap over the past couple of years. One, because he's frequently injured, which is a shame because he is such a terrific talent. You hate to see that on the sideline so much. But two, it's almost like as soon as Marcel Sabitzer started to show that he had re-found his game, that people wanted to throw dirt on Gretzka's grave. And to me, it's a terrific problem for Nagelsmann to have that he has these three high-level midfielders. They all bring something different to the table. I think they all can be used in different combinations together because I think at this stage, they all kind of understand each other and what their games represent. For Kimmich, he likes to pull the strings. He likes to gamble and get up in the offense. He's obviously an emotional leader on the pitch, and he's also extremely valued by the manager in the club. He's almost never not going to play. But to me, when you have three players like this, this is the kind of situation where you do want to rest Kimmich, where you can lean on Sabitzer, who has sacrificed his game and has chosen to be a more steady presence and sit back a little deeper to allow his midfield mates to really bum rush up the field and contribute offensively. When you have a presence like Goretzka who can do so much physically and who holds so many physical advantages over many of his opponents, these are all great things that Nagelsmann can toy with and play with. I just hope that he doesn't fall into the trap like some of the other managers that have run through here, including Hansi Flick, who Almost never took Kimmich off the field. I think Kimmich's biggest enemy is himself. He just needs to rest once in a while. And I know he never wants to come off, but it would make me feel better if we got to see a little bit more of Sabitzer and Goretzka playing together, just so Kimmich could get that extra rest. And I guess the final thing I wanted to mention, and and I did touch on this briefly as we were doing the rundown of the scoring, was it was good to see Paul Vonner in the mix. We had heard so much about his talent, and really he is a man without a position at this point because everywhere you go at Bayern Munich, there is just a a load of talent. I mean, you want to play attacking midfield, you're going to have to get over Thomas Muller and and Jamal Musiala and maybe Coman and Sané, depending how you classify them these days. You want to play wing, you've got Mane, Gnabry, Sané, Musiala, Coman. I mean, there's so much talent. 
I was happy that he was able to get in, even if it was at left back. And yeah, I don't think he looked terrific there. I think there's some shaky moments, of course, like this is not his natural spot. He probably doesn't have a whole hell of a lot of experience playing that position, but I was glad that he was able to get out in the Champions League, play with the first team, and really just get the experience. Because at this stage, it was that kind of game. It didn't matter. Bayern was not going to have a, a, a total devastation, like where they were going to lose or tie or anything like that. It was They were clearly going to win. So I was glad Nagelsmann pushed the right button there. You know, it, it, to have a kid like that, such a prodigious talent, I think he's got to start getting a little more time with the first team, but how do you do it? How do you find time on a team this loaded when you're already struggling to get players like Ryan Gravenberg in or Matisse Tell or even Nusar Mizrahi? I mean, it does take injuries for any of these players to actually get game time. So anything that Vonner got, I was I was happy with. And um, you know, it was just good to see that. And it was also good to see Byron come out flying take advantage of an opponent and just put them away early because that's what they needed to do coming off of a collapse against Dortmund they needed to have a good showing in the first half and then start to focus on Freiburg so all in all good match uh, for Bayern Munich even if it wasn't always the easiest to watch that's about it for this post-game show as always, check out BavarianFootballWorks.com for all of the great coverage that we have, our observations, our initial analysis, our awards, all of our reactions. Make sure you listen to all of our podcasts. We have a lot of good stuff coming out. Of course, we'll be dropping a weekend warm-up uh, early Friday morning, Eastern Standard Time. We'll also have a post-game show following the Freiburg match and, and another flagship show coming out on Sunday. So, we appreciate all of the downloads of our podcast. We appreciate every time you, you check out our stories on our site. So keep doing it. Find out what all the latest and greatest news is around Bayern Munich and, and interact with the fans because there are some really terrific commenters in our community. And uh, I'd like to think they are really the heart and soul of what happens on BFW. You can always get me at the Barrel Blog on Twitter. You can get the site at Bavarian FB Works. You can get Tom at Tommy Adams 71. You can get my man. I need no name at BFWINNN. That's it for me. We will see you next time.